Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. It's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today uh, we're going to be talking about Proposition 2 with the upcoming midterm election here in Utah. And uh, it has to do with uh, medical marijuana. So our topic is marijuana. And the issue is should uh, Proposition 2 uh, pass or not pass or get some input? And I've got two experts here. They're going to help me out. I've got uh, Professor Joe Green that I'm sure that our listeners and viewers are familiar with. He's been here a number of times and from our history and political science department. And also uh, another returnee is uh, Professor Matt Smith-Larman, who is the coordinator for the Applied Sociology Program here at Dixie State University. So welcome, gentlemen. Nice to be here, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having us. Great to taking out of your busy schedules, coming to visit us here at the studio at KDXI. And uh, this, uh, this particular proposal, number two, there's four proposals on the upcoming midterm uh, election on Tuesday next week. But uh, according to Hinckley and the uh, Salt Lake City Tribune, of the four proposals, uh, this proposal, number two, is uh, running about 69% in interest as compared to between 13 and 15% on the other three proposals. So there's a lot of interest uh, statewide on this one whether or not uh, medical marijuana should be legalized here in the state of Utah. So as we, uh, what I want to do is just open it up a little bit. Uh, can you, I want you guys just to give me an idea. When we're talking about recreational marijuana as opposed to medical marijuana, what is the distinction? I know that we have our friends to the north in Canada have just hey. adopted a, have just adopted recreational marijuana for the entire country, but uh, Utah has been taking a, a, a careful approach to this, and they're really trying to analyze medical marijuana. What is the difference between the two? Recreational marijuana is so even closer than Canada, Bob, is Nevada. Ah. Uh, ah. That, do they say ah instead of a, maybe? <laughs> maybe. And, and in Nevada, California, Colorado, I don't know how many states there are now. Recreational means, for the most part, same laws as alcohol laws. If you're 21 or over— you can purchase it, you can consume it, I and mean, there are laws like don't use it in public and, and no smoking laws and such. But it, uh, And it's not so, sold at liquor stores, they have dispensaries. Okay. Medical marijuana means you have to have a recommendation from a doctor. Okay, a prescription. But you, you, uh, no, a prescription, they're not allowed to give a prescription, they have to give a recommendation. Oh. Because a prescription has to do with, with laws, federal laws. Wow. Yeah, a doctor can't prescribe marijuana because that, then the, the the pharmacy would be in violation of federal law if they uh, distributed it. So what you would get in this is a card. The doctor would uh, give you a card that authorizes you to purchase it uh, at a dispensary or grow your own. In, in this, this proposal would allow some people to grow their own if they're not with, if they're not within 100 miles of a dispensary. Okay. So it's important to note here, Bob, that uh, what we're talking about is on the federal level, marijuana is categorized as, categorized as a class two narcotic. I believe it is, Joe. Right? And uh, it's the same. Is it two or one? I think is it's it still one? schedule one. Schedule one. Yeah. And okay. th that means they have defined it as having no medical benefit whatsoever. So there's no reason on the federal level that you would use it. Which it's, is it's right there with heroin and a few other. 
That's interesting drugs. because I'm looking at, uh, let me just give you a little bit of the verbiage that we've got here in Proposal 2 that we're trying to consider. It said, uh, Proposal 2 shall a law be enacted to establish a state-controlled process that allows persons with certain illnesses to acquire and use medical cannabis and in certain limited circumstances to grow up to six cannabis, uh, cannabis plants for personal medical use. And the second part of this is authorize the establishment of facilities that grow, process, test, or sell medical cannabis and require those facilities to be licensed by the state and establish state controls on those licensed facilities, including electronic systems that track cannabis inventory and purchases, requirements and limitations on the packaging and advertising of cannabis and on the types of products allowed. Well, just based on the proposal on that sector of this proposal, uh, it sounds to me like the state uh, is wording this in such a manner whereby there's nothing to fear if this truly does uh, work and help out people that maybe have a situation with opioids in the opioid crisis. Will this help out? Do you think this will help out if this is adopted? Because we the way it reads is the state of Utah is really going to be in control overseeing all these operations and inventory. And uh, so should, should the general public be concerned about passing this proposal or are you, do you think that maybe with these controls that people that need the use of cannabis for medical purposes uh, would benefit from this and maybe we'll see a decline in opioids. Now I threw a whole bunch of stuff at you. So uh, you can play with this and yeah. I'd love some responses. We're getting away from our, uh, from the objective part of this to the subjective part. What do Matt and I think about this? <laughs> uh, my view is the government should stay out of my life and that I should be able to, to uh, do pretty much what I want as long as I don't engage in force and fraud against any other person, uh, any other person or group. So if, uh, if someone thinks that their health can be enhanced uh, using uh, mar marijuana, uh, there's lots of debate about the efficacy of it for various kinds of diseases and things, okay. But if it seems to me that that should be up to the person. It's my, you know, if, if I've got an illness or a disease and I think something helps, I'd be able to use it. So I would vote for the proposal, uh, but uh, that's, that's my perspective on it. On where you, from the objective perspective, Bob. Yes. Um, the question you posed was: Should people be concerned? And the way I took your question was: uh, Should they be concerned for if they're following the law? And uh, technically, no, because it's still against the law on a federal level. And at any moment, the federal government could come in and and arrest a person for possessing marijuana, even if it's. Uh, recommended by a doctor, whether it's Nevada or Utah. Now, they haven't been doing that since the George Bush years, starting with Obama. The federal government has said, we'll leave it up to the states. And President Trump seems to be doing that at the moment as well, although Attorney General Sessions would like to go after it, but Trump has kept him from doing that. I, I don't know. I guess Trump can't keep him from doing that, can he, Joe? But, um, yeah, he's once he takes the oath of office to uphold the Constitution, right, he gets to... Right pretty much make those decisions himself. So, so the federal government could if they wanted. They did under George Bush when the, when the first 
in California and Nevada and Colorado and a few other places first legalized medical marijuana, the federal government would come in and and raid raid dispensaries at times and arrest people under federal law. So I don't think, you know, personally that you probably shouldn't worry you wouldn't worry about it. I don't think the federal government if it passes is going to come after anybody but it, the possibility exists yeah. the other part of my question was do you think uh, medical marijuana based on some preliminary research that's been done uh, is better than some of the uh, opioids that are available from the pharmaceuticals in other words what we're, we're seeing all sorts of research saying it's beneficial it uh, it uh, helps with uh, the, the level of pain. It decreases that. Um, there's a lot of positive spin on that, or is it really just positive spin, or is there some reality to this? I think uh, that should be left up to the doctor and the patient. I mean, if the doctor and the patient feel that marijuana might help. And there are studies that suggest for pain, for nausea, um, for a few other things, that, that marijuana is is a— Mild compared to a lot of other things, especially opioids. Right? There are there are um, studies that show that um, states with legal medical marijuana uh, have lower rates of opioid overdoses. So marijuana as a as a pain reliever seems, if you let me use the word, seems healthier than opioids might be. And from a natural source instead of a pharmaceutical. It's just, it's just a plant. It's just a plan. It's the uh, the rate of overdose deaths from heroin went down when states adopted medical medical marijuana laws. Wow, it was higher before, lower after. So there's there's some positive like spins right there. Thirty three percent is that the number? Wow, I think that's what we saw this morning. Yeah. Wow, that's very impressive. Very impressive. So for our viewers, even though some viewers have indicated or listeners have indicated to me that uh but it's still a federal offense there they shouldn't have that fear at least currently uh because it's on a state ballot and our we're leaving it up to the states in, the, in our state of utah if they vote in favor of proposition two proposal two that uh that should move forward without any any uh, interference from the federal government the, you, the federal government hasn't shown any interest in in about 10 years or so of going after state marijuana laws. Okay. In Colorado, um, the when the federal government would come in and arrest people for growing or possession, uh, you have to use uh, uh, a jury of, of one's peers. In order, so in federal court, you would have to get a Denver jury, and Denver juries wouldn't convict people for marijuana use. So federal law became unenforceable in many parts of Colorado because the jury would, it's called jury nullification, the jury wouldn't uh, convict people. Huh. Uh, I don't know if that is the case in Washington, the, uh, the other first state to, to, uh, ratif- to uh, have a recreational marijuana law or any of the others. I just know that about Colorado. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they, uh, in this proposal, they have what's uh, the initial fiscal impact estimate, and what it says, the governor's office of management and budget estimates the law proposed by this initiative would result in a total fiscal fiscal expense of two point nine million dollars, uh, of which one point eight million is ongoing, and one point one million would be a one-time expense on the front end. Um, 
why taxpayers are looking at this. Is this going to have a, a detrimental effect, do you think, long-term? In other words, if, if this proposal, this proposition is adopted for medical marijuana, um, do you possibly see that we may evolve into recreational marijuana, uh, uh, having that on the ballot, have a ballot initiative on that? Because of people saying this stuff's really working and we're seeing a de- decrease in some of the the hard drugs and some of the opioids uh, and people are having a favorable input. Would, can you possibly see that in the, in the future? Boy, I, I grew up in Utah, Bob. Uh, I'm amazed that this is on the ballot at all uh, because, uh, and so my own uh, projection would be that that's probably not going to happen. But uh, I got the 2016 election really wrong, so uh, I'm not a very good prognosticator of this kind of stuff. Maybe uh, things are changing, but I I don't think... uh, uh, if this were to pass, I don't think it's going to. If it were to pass, then uh, uh, it would be years, decades, I think, before Utah would go for recreation, any kind of recreational thing. There would have to be all kinds of uh, studies showing no harmful effects, no increase of use among uh, kids, that kind of thing, before, before uh, the voters of Utah would would change, although the the Utah population is changing. Uh, lots of people are moving into the state because it's a, the fastest growing state economically right now. And so the mix of the population and the values of the population are, uh, are gradually changing. Who knows what might happen? Matt probably has a better feel for this than I do. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think eventually I, I think the the movement of the country as a whole, not just the country, you know, as you mentioned, Canada, countries culturally similar to us, the movement has been uh, towards legalizing recreational marijuana. And so I think eventually in Utah, recreational marijuana will probably be legal. Now, how long? It could be decades. I mean, we are, as a conservative state, especially when it comes to, to, to drugs, we're all, you know, we're, we're behind the curve of much of the rest of the country for better or for worse. I don't know if it's for better or for worse or not. I have not heard any, now I don't have data on my fingertips, but I haven't heard any horror stories of, of the states that have legalized it. Um, I've heard that it's, it's a revenue generator. Again, I don't have the data at my fingertips. Maybe I should have done my research. No, Uh, that's, that's fine. Uh, you know, but I, I think eventually probably, um, recreational marijuana it just it, it just seems to be the the path you know we're in a we're in a generation now a couple of generations removed from a marijuana being made illegal by the marijuana tax act of 1937 and for quite a while for a certain generation of people you know marijuana they thought it was just a horrible horrible thing um we moved through the 20th century and you know the 60s and the hippies and all that and we now to a generation that's making laws that uh, they've seen if people that smoke marijuana, maybe even smoked it themselves, and they, they're coming to the realization that, you know, marijuana is no worse than many of the things that we have legal already. And, uh, and it might even be worse, uh, you know, jail might be worse than marijuana. So somebody who gets busted for marijuana, it, it, 
being busted might be worse for them than the marijuana itself. Yeah. So, you know, I think there I think there's a mind change, a cultural mind change that's yeah. happening pretty quickly. It really is because I I'm I like uh, Joe Green has indicated, I'm kind of shocked that this proposal even made it. This proposal's on the ballot for even a consideration. Um <clears throat> and so, it doesn't have to be changed necessarily through the ballot. There, there's been a couple places where legislators, legislatures have have made it legal. I doubt that's going to happen in Utah. <laughs> it's being, a possibility. Being a true native of this state, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I don't read the state as it is now, but I just, I just don't see the legislature doing that. <laughs> but. Uh, it, on the bottom of this proposal, I'm looking at the bottom, it said, in addition, the cost of posting information regarding the initiative in Utah's statewide newspapers and for printing for the additional pages in the voter information packet is estimated at $30,000 in one-time funds. And then after you all, we've read through the entire proposal. So based on the way this proposal is written, can can you see a bias in the, the way that they're that it's written? Is it bias in favor of or a bias against? And I know what you you've given your opinions, but when you said that you think that this pro- proposal possibly or probably would go down, why? Knowing your knowing in Utah, why would it go down? Because if it's dedicated to medical marijuana to help out people like, for instance, even Parkinson's disease. They saw a lot of positive research, uh, and it would be a positive uh, as far as possibly lowering the opioid crisis and with a, a natural plant. Um, and also you mentioned, both of you have mentioned about uh, hard drugs, and we see declines based on some research that's done in other states. So... Uh, but Professor Green, you said you don't think this would pass. You, is there a reason why? Uh, yeah, Utah has extremely strict, and for all of my colleagues who have come onto this campus over the years from other places, strange alcohol laws because of the uh, the way that the dominant culture in Utah the the LDS culture uh, views uh, these kinds of substances, okay? Uh, I think the church has come out against the, uh, the, the initiative that we're, we're discussing today. And in my experience, uh, I've been here for 60-some uh, years, okay, and I, I spent my life in this state. Uh, that's the determining factor for whether various kinds of legislation is accepted or adopted or, or, or even popular. And uh, again, um, I don't see, politically, I don't see how you escape that, that uh, characteristic of the state. So. so you're equating the alcohol, restrictive alcohol uh, laws that are in effect with uh, the cannabis would be the same thing. It would be a foreign substance. Yeah, I think I think the legislature in Utah believes that it's protecting the people from harmful substances, protecting children from harmful substances, pe- protecting people from, uh, uh, y- you know, being exposed to drunk drivers or high drivers or, and so on. That that's a, it's a paternalistic attitude that the state tends to take uh, about these kinds of moral issues. 
and uh, uh, at least it always has while I've lived here. And uh, I would be really, really surprised if that has changed. Okay. So all that interest you said earlier in the show, Bob, when you said that uh, this proposition has what, 69%. 69% interest. Yeah. The next question is, well, why are people interested? Are the, are is the interest from people that want to pass the proposition, or is there a high interest from people that's why that want it to, to, to fail? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, that's my curiosity. That's why I posed the question to both of you. I, I just was amazed that looking at all four proposals, just interest in the proposal in this proposal number two, the proposition number two is at 69%, and the other three are at between 13 and 15%. Uh, I thought, what does that mean? Does that mean people are coming out to vote just because of this proposal, regardless of the candidates that are running? Is it drawing that much attention? And the other thing that I want to, you mentioned this before, is because we are the fastest growing, and one of the, at least St. George is the fastest growing city, according to the Census Bureau that just was released, city, uh, in the influx of those people that outside of the church, okay, bringing their, uh, their values and their beliefs into our community and into the state, could that have a bearing in the future uh, concerning maybe the vote that's taking place today, or could it be total recreational uh, marijuana in the, in the near future as a result of the increase of the diversified populations entering Utah? We'd, we'd have to get the sociologists on our campus to uh, do a longitudinal study of the right. kind of people who are coming. Um, I know when uh, we went through a growth spurt in the 90s before the 2008 downturn that, mm -hmm. that shut down the growth in, in Utah for a while, uh, that uh, uh, many of the people coming here were, were fleeing what they believed were uh, 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 bad influences, evil influences on them as they tried to raise their kids and they're trying to get to some place that was safe. So a lot of the influx in that period, or it was just some place that had jobs. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I, I, you know, this is anecdotal. I talked to lots of people. Yes. I, I can't raise my kids in this part of the country or that part of the country as effectively as I'm going to be able to raise them in, in Utah where it's safe. Okay. Now the, the growth in this century uh, in Salt Lake is fueled by the uh, the technology revolution that's going on up there. Salt Lake and Orem are a little tech hub yeah. that are growing. Uh, St. George is growing because it has such nice weather. Just go outside right now and, and you'll see why. Initially, St. George grew, the, the attraction was there's air conditioning, there's golf courses, and there's a temple in St. George. Okay, it was mostly retiring Mormons, but uh, I think if you went out to Sun River, you'd find uh, lots of people from uh, far afield from uh, uh, from uh, just Utah. I think you'd find people from Michigan or Indiana or Illinois. There's a lot of Midwest, uh, yeah. a lot of influx from California. And, and they, they may not share all of the uh, the conservative values that uh, that uh, the state that I grew up in was had become famous for so okay. there's also you know I think there there is an uh, 
there are jobs here that people are moving for. There's there's service level jobs all yeah. over, saying construction and hotel and restaurant jobs. People move here for those as well. Yeah, uh, and the construction's just going bonkers it's here. Still we're, going bonkers. We're going. We have a thing called Desert Color. You know, thousands oh, of homes planned between uh, exit two off of 15 all the way to the new airport, all going to be built up. Uh, so the and, question is whether, would, whether the people moving here. Right? Are they are they a diverse group of people or not? Diverse meaning compared to the the dominant Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints population that is traditionally here. Yes. More important question for a thing like this, though, or idea is just because your population is diversifying doesn't mean the political power structure is diversifying. Okay. Right. So your your you know your city council and your mayor and the business leaders, uh, they could even even if the, the the everyday Joe is is diversifying. That would community. be me. They, 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 it's still a very conservative uh, power structure very in Washington good County. Point. Yeah, and and the state. And the state as a whole. Yeah. So and uh, with that conservative base that is there, they're not going to relinquish that. They're going to retain that power. The, the state is sixty, still sixty percent LDS. It was seventy percent when I when I came to Dixie and so it's a 10% change. Uh, but that's still the majority in most counties, in most cities, Salt Lake's the exception, uh, uh, is LDS. Oh, however, go ahead. I lost my thought because somebody told me there's three minutes or something. Well, I got less I lost my that. thought. That's my, that's my, my oh. technician with a call sign here. So, <laughs> But, you, you go ahead, and if I remember my thought, I'll bring it back. All right. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Here's my thought. Go I ahead. remember my thought. All right. Um, from what I, from my experience, Bob, marijuana doesn't know political boundaries, though. I think you know Republicans smoke it just as much as Democrats, conservatives. So that I don't, I don't know if that's going to influence the vote. I, I agree with Joe. I don't, I don't think it's going to pass. I think it's going to. This is just a, a hypothesis. It's going to lose by quite a large margin, is what I think. But uh, that, irrespective of whether people use it or not. Uh, listen, I, I did get the high sign, so my my time is up. But I want to thank uh, Dr. Smith Larman and uh, Dr. Green for being here and giving their opinions uh, again. We were back back in our studio from their busy schedule, and uh, we took a look at uh, Proposition Number Two. Uh, to the voters out there, you have an opportunity to vote either in favor of medical marijuana or against medical marijuana for the state of Utah. That's going to be on Tuesday. So uh, the key is uh, no matter what, you have to get out and vote. Your vote does count. So uh, I want to thank both of you for being here. Okay, this is Bob Oxley on behalf of my two guests. Uh, If you want to hear us, we're going to be on KDXI 100.3 at 3 p.m. on Friday and again rebroadcasted at 4.30 on Saturday. And uh, also, if you want to take uh, take a look at the two handsome gentlemen that came in as our guest speakers today, uh, yes, that's Dr. Smith-Larman. You can take a look at us on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, or on our uh, podcast affiliate Podbean. And uh, until next week, I want to thank you and have a, have a great day and remember to vote. Goodbye now. <laughs>